Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But first to a roundup of news from the primary sector this week and joining us from Kirikiriroa Hamilton is Susan Murray. And Susan, primary sector leaders have put climate change as the top concern for farming. They have, and this comes from new research out of Lincoln University, where 280 leaders from agribusiness, government and Māori business were surveyed midway through last year. So yes, climate change, along with extreme weather and water quality, they saw these as the biggest drivers affecting land use in the next decade. The research was headed by Timothy Driver. He says Cyclone Gabriel and other recent weather events really were front of mind because of the impact they had. They've cost an estimated $2 billion. But also, and I guess this is no surprise, the survey highlighted just how important overseas market happenings and events are to agribusinesses. Exports and, and, and market issues in general are really high at the forefront. Consumer preferences in export markets are always really high to the forefront. So I think what this captures is the through line of the thought of the primary sector, that these things are always of concern. Things move around. So, for example, in the previous iteration, COVID-19 was really high in the priorities. That's completely dropped off the radar now. Um, In the current iteration, we are now seeing a proliferation of concerns around geopolitics, conflicts, international conflict, food security, and the market effects of geopolitical conflict. And Susan, some pleasing signs for deer farmers with demand for New Zealand venison strong at the moment. It is, and this is resulting in good prices for farmers. AgriHQ senior analyst Mel Crowd says that uh, as the main European chilled venison season is ending, buyers are now on the hunt for next season's stock. And so this should mean that the new season contracts, when they come out later in summer, will be strong. Some early on-farm deer sales suggest that there is some confidence and positivity uh, within this industry. Strong demand for venison from North America has basically counteracted some of the European markets that were perhaps just not as strong as they would have usually have been. That market in general has, has managed to withstand the downside that we've seen in, in other red meat export markets as well, um, and it's allowed those prices received at the farm gate to track at a, a much stronger level than what, particularly what we're seeing for lamb. So Mel is mentioning lamb there. Well, there is a slight ray of hope, actually, for lamb producers. Rabobank's agribusiness outlook for 2024 came out this week, and in there they were predicting that while economic growth in China is expected to slow, the demand for lamb, it says, would pick up in the second half of the year once China has eaten its way through the inventory that it already has. And the team caught up with senior analyst Emma Higgins. She said that the input costs should also remain stable through the year, but that could change if the tensions in the Middle East escalate. And of course, if that happens, that will have an impact on the bottom line for farmers. Yes, but more than a ray of hope for dairy farmers, with the global dairy trade auction rising for the fifth consecutive time. 
Pretty good news for them, isn't it? This is the fortnightly auction. The prices that they get there, of course, affect what they get in their pockets. And on Wednesday, yes, those prices popped up again by 4.2%. NZX analyst Christina Alivado says that the sales exceeded expectations. And this was largely thanks to buyers coming in from the Middle East and North Asia. We, of course, are coming into our lower production period, so we'll have less on offer. But she says the hope is that buyers will remain keen through this coming time and therefore the prices should stay strong. If this continues the trend, then we, we might be able to keep seeing prices lifting at least towards this side of the year until we start to see how US and European production seasons start to, to pick up. NZX analyst Christina Alvarado. The whole milk powder prices, which are the ones that affect New Zealand um, in particular, they rose 3.4%. Butter prices jumped up more than 10%. So I think that's the reverse alley of a slippery slope. Now, what about the rural real estate scene? Is that on a slippery slope? It's pretty quiet. Buyers apparently are either waiting for the right property or for interest rates to come down. The new data from the Real Estate Institute shows that there was a 37% drop in the number of farm sales in the three months to December last year, and that's compared to the same time the year before. And it's down to 241 farm sales over those three months. Here's Institute spokesperson Shane O'Brien drop in farm sales is right across New Zealand and right across most farming sectors, which is not usual. Normally we see one or two sectors dropping off or one or two regions, but this is a nationwide trend occurring at the moment, which tends to suggest that the issues facing buyers are more on a macro level, uh, things such as on-farm inflation, uh, farm product prices and interest rates. Shane O'Brien says the median price for farmland is also down. Over the past year, the price per hectare on dairy farms dropped nearly 7%, down to $41,020 a hectare. And the median price for finishing farms was also down. It was down 9.3% to $39,270 a hectare. Susan, a new pest control programme to control wallabies is off to a good start in the South Island. Which is good news. These little hoppers, they've spread themselves around a number of regions in New Zealand. Back in December, 10 Bennett's wallabies wearing brightly coloured GPS collars were dropped by helicopter into the Waitaki and Mackenzie districts. Now they're called spy wallabies and that's because they're used as lures to lead the hunters onto other wallabies in an effort to control these populations. We just don't want them around. They compete for grass with the livestock and they eat native seedlings and regenerating native bush. Otago Regional Council's Libby Caldwell says that this is the first surveillance operation and it was successful. They have led us to an extra 18 wallabies. So those extra 18 wallabies were destroyed at the time of the hunt. And so we are really happy with the results. Libby Caldwell and the surveillance operation showed that one wallaby travelled 42 kilometres over a couple of weeks. There's another hunt. I know, big distance. That'll be coming up on the 19th of February and they'll hope to keep it going for 11 months to just see how successful the spy wallaby programme is. Well, now on the international front, where are things at with the live animal export vessel that's been stuck off the coast of Perth for several weeks? 
Sounds like a bit of a standoff. The MV Bahija, it's got 15,000 sheep and cattle on board. It left Australia bound for Israel in early January. It was turned back because of ongoing tensions in the Red Sea. It couldn't get through. Last Friday, several hundred cattle were taken from the ship to a quarantine facility. A small number of them have died and those are now under investigation. The exporter wanted to re-export the animals the long way around around Africa, but this week the Australian government said that's not going to happen, they're not to be re-exported. But a farming lobby group in Western Australia says it's likely they will be offloaded and rested for 10 days and then it will have another attempt to re-export them, to apply to re-export them. For now, they're staying on board the ship. There's a heatwave in Perth and it's actually cooler on the ship. Mm. Thank you, Susan. Look, just quickly, Sally, I must just button. Best wishes to a Christchurch vegetable farmer who is vying to be first place in this weekend's Coast to Coast. He grows vegetables in the morning. He's an athlete by the afternoon. Ryan Kisanowski, he's competing in his 17th Coast to Coast, and he hopes that this year he'll be up on the podium. He's in that longest day event where they go for the two, the full 243-kilometre course in one day. Last year he was second, He's also been third, fourth and fifth. So go, Ryan. Indeed. And good luck to all the competitors. Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.